This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Later in the show, a double dose of Travel Tuesday. Why you should book flights to Europe soon if you want to get them cheap. Also, how to take a digital detox when you're on vacation. In our next segment, the mayor discussing the future of Soldier Field, trying to keep the bears there. Right now, the report on August Housing Star is out while the Secretary of the Treasury weighing in on the debt ceiling debate. Let's get some analysis now. Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. He's an economist found online at andrewbush.com. Andy, let's begin with housing starts. Kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of what we're seeing here and why it matters. Yeah, so uh, builders continue to have problems with um, the supply chain and laborers. And, and that's really emblematic of what's going on across the entire country country, but specifically in, in housing, you know, we saw housing starts for single family homes drop. Uh, that was interesting in the West and in the Midwest. And we saw that multifamily went up significantly. And that's probably more along the lines of the costs of not only getting the building materials, but also um, homes just getting so pricey right now. I, I don't know how uh, first time buyers can actually score a house because they're going up so fast. So that's really the bigger picture here is that demand is really strong. Material prices have come off, but they're still pretty high. So that's a problem for these home builders. Well, I'm glad you talk about the, the first time home buyers because we keep hearing a lot about the low interest rates, but that doesn't matter if the overall cost of the house is really expensive. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it helps to, you know, to a certain extent. Obviously, interest rates are a really key component here, but you know, it, it, it's just if the prices have gone up so significantly, then it's really hard for home buyers, if, especially first time people to, to dive in and buy something. I mean, if you're looking down in Phoenix, things have gone up there like 30, uh, 39 percent uh, year over year uh, in Chicago. Not as much, probably around 19 percent in North Carolina. It's somewhere north of 28 percent. I mean, you can see what's going on as the demand for these houses has gone up significantly because that big cohort, that demographic that we were all looking to buy homes over the last five years and wondering when they were going to do it, well, the millennials are finally starting to say, hey, I need more space. I need an office space. I need a space for my kids. And they want those single-family homes. Let's talk about the debt ceiling. It seems like every time this comes around, there's just partisan bickering about whether to do this or not. And in the end, they get something done. Yeah, this time it might be a little bit different. Um, The standoff is pretty extreme here, and it's unfortunate because the debt ceiling is really a reflection of spending that has already been approved, not by this administration, but things, you know, way beyond what the Biden administration is trying to do. So um, we'll see where this ends up. 
supposedly will run, you know, hit that debt ceiling limit sometime in mid-October. But we also, at the same time, have to agree to fund the government by the end of September. So we've got two things simultaneous right there. And then you've got these infrastructure bills. So two more things on top of the plate for uh, Speaker Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader uh, Schumer. So this is going to be crazy over the next week. Thanks so much, Andrew Bush. You can find him online at andrewbush.com. Just ahead, Mayor Lightfoot makes a pitch to the Bears. We'll talk about it with Greg Hines of Crane's Chicago Business. Mayor Lightfoot talking about an expansion of Soldier Field in an effort to keep the Bears in the city. Let's get the latest from Greg Hines, a columnist at Crane's Chicago Business. Greg, appreciate you being with us. So what's the mayor talking about here? Well, she's saying two things. She's saying, one, uh, I don't know what the Bears want yet. I'd like to see their wish list. But, boy, I'd like to keep them here if we can do a deal that uh, that uh, is fair to taxpayers. And two, she's putting this in the context of a larger project to kind of create an entertainment district on the near south side where where people wouldn't just go to Soldier Field uh, for six or seven games a year, uh, but they'd shop there, they'd dine there, uh, uh, kind of equivalent to the kind of stuff you have in other cities, the kind of, if you think of the environment around Wrigley Field. If you could replicate that on the south side, the economic benefits would be enormous. And what's interesting about that is that's exactly the pitch uh, that's been made by a guy named Bob Dunn, who has this project called a proposal called One Central uh, that would put a $20 billion project, including a big transportation center, with a lot of shopping and dining on air rights uh, on the Metro Electric tracks immediately west of Soldier Field. So the question is, is there a deal there to be done? Uh, that's kind of the question the mayor's comments seem to raise. Can they they get it done? I mean, are there any constraints along the lakefront that, that might make a project like this difficult, or, or does it sound like it could be done if the political will is there? That's exactly the point. Uh, I mean, anytime you want to do anything along the lakefront, people feel strongly about the lakefront and what should be there and, and what shouldn't be there. Uh, but uh, it does appear that there's some real lost opportunity here. I mean, the mayor said, hey, you know, uh, we, we, have, we have this uh, this." tremendous facility here, but but uh, except for a few times a year, there's nobody around there. We need to do better. We need to leverage that into the jobs and investment that that part of the South Side could use. Now, will there be problems? Yes. Uh, the one problem the mayor mentioned is that, uh, is that, well, the people live in the area, because a lot of people live there now, uh, and all those buildings that have come up recently, they have to be made happy, too. Uh, but the, the very fact that she mentioned it, uh, it's not very hard to connect the dots when she did. I'm wondering, you know, with the Bears, is the issue really kind of the the entertainment district or or what's going on around the stadium? Or is it other revenue streams and just uh, finding a way to make more money off of those surroundings? I mean, I'm I'm thinking, you know, sort of the sports book, the gambling aspect, I don't know, maybe naming rights. It seems like there's a lot of things that they're unable to do there so far in order to make money for the team. Yeah, the only people who know for sure exactly what they want are named McCaskey, which unfortunately isn't me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, there are some indications that, yes, uh, they want more revenues than like a sports book uh, there. Uh, but I'm also told by some people in the, in the middle that, uh, that they want kind of a, 
the same kind of nightlife environment uh, uh, entertainment district uh, around their stadium that they can make money off of tangentially that the Ricketts have helped create up around Wrigley Field where the, where the Ricketts family sprung for a, a hotel and restaurants and whatever. It's it's another way to, to, uh, to feed your bottom line uh, and they don't have that now. If if this guy done is going to put this big thing right across the, across the street, maybe there's some ways for them to benefit too, maybe some cross and dust and possibilities or whatever. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts here. But uh, but uh, when and if they'll come together is 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 not clear. But uh, it sure is interesting. And I mean, with Arlington Heights, it, it sort of gives the Bears a little leverage to get what they want, or at least the, the best deal that the city can offer. Yeah, that was the mayor's initial response when the news came out some months ago that the Bears were interested in been put in a bid by Arlington Park. That well, they're just trying to use that as leverage. I don't know if they're serious or not. I'm not sure that the Bears have completely figured this out as well. But you know, in theory, a a modern sports stadium, maybe with a dome. Uh, where Wrigley Field uh, on top of Soldier Field, which is, I think is somewhere in the mix too, uh, with uh, with uh, good transportation right next to it and lots of creature comforts, places to go before and after the game, uh, that could work. Thanks so much. Always good to get your analysis. That's Greg Hines, columnist. You read him online and in print at Crane's Chicago Business. Just ahead, a sandwich chain scores big with its new menu. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The turnaround effort of leading sandwich chain Subway appears to be gaining steam. Let's get an update. R.J. Hadavi is here, head of research at foot traffic analysis firm Placer IAI. R.J., so what's going on at Subway? way. Uh, so the company reported some pretty strong results for the month of August this morning, saying that sales were up 4% for the month, which is actually its strongest sales performance since 2013. Uh, a lot of this, uh, the company is uh, attributing to the menu upgrades that they've made, uh, reintroducing some sandwiches and making some uh, improvements, as well as uh, some improvements to the digital ordering front, as well as new approaches to, to marketing. And I'm sure a lot of us have seen the ads they've been running uh, featuring a number of athletes. And so it's expected, I guess, that, that this will continue. I mean, if they're seeing success with it, they want to go full steam ahead. I think they do, but I think the results also come with some caveats. Uh, first, uh, you know, if the sales increase of 4%, uh, you have to take it with a grain of salt because uh, restaurant prices are also up uh, pretty significantly compared to 2019. Uh, if you look at the consumer price index for food away from home, which measures uh, restaurant inflation, it's up almost 5% too. So I think that that's part of it as well. A company is also operating fewer stores, so you might have seen some consolidation among uh, the people going to the different store bases. We actually track that the traffic trends at all locations are actually down. Some of that has to do with stores uh, being closed, but down almost uh, 1.5% for the month of August. And then on top of that, too, we're seeing some strong results from other sandwich makers, too. So it's not just Subway that's benefiting, too. So, uh, But to get into your question, I do think that the company, uh, these are improvements that keep uh, basically just put us on par with the rest of the industry. So I think you're going to continue to see a lot of the changes uh, in place. And and you mentioned on par with the industry. So is this Subway really learning lessons from others in the industry or are other people watching Subway and learning lessons? I think a little bit of both. I think certainly uh, on the digital ordering front, I think what we've seen there um, is a, a lot of the company emulating what we've seen from other successful advert or um, mobile ordering campaigns. Uh, McDonald's and uh, 
Chipotle come to mind. I think they've done a good job on that front. On the other side, too, I think others are watching and seeing what, what might happen. I, I think there's been mixed results of some of the uh, promotional efforts they did early in the summer, maybe got a little bit stronger in that as well. So we'll continue to see that, uh, what, what, what others uh, do. But it's been, you know, we've seen a nice recovery from all, uh, a lot of restaurant chains, too. So it's not just Subway. So it's tough to parse out exactly what is company-specific versus industry-specific. If I had to say, I think that they're doing a lot of things right. But again, um, you know, it's probably just keeping up with what they should have been doing the last couple of years when sales languished. And that just shows you the, the constant innovation that is necessary. You never get to say, hey, here's our product. People love it, and we don't have to change. Especially in the restaurant industry, attention spans among consumers got effectively a lot shorter, and people are looking for uh, for new innovation much quicker than they had in the past. Uh, we've talked to several restaurant executives who said that the you know the innovation schedules had to be accelerated greatly, which is uh, and this comes on the heels of a lot of restaurant companies streamlining their menus to make it more simple to operate during COVID. Now we're seeing a lot of uh, restaurant operators start to have to add new products back just to get people back in the stores, and so uh, it does show you what innovation does, but it also so it shows you it does require a lot of effort on the part of restaurant companies to make it happen. Thanks so much, R.J. Hadavi, head of research at Placer AI here in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. It's great to have you with us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden says the U.S. is back in action as a player on the world stage. Johnson & Johnson releases data on the effectiveness of a COVID vaccine booster shot. Travel Tuesday, demand for airline flights is expected to rise quickly as the U.S. eases restrictions for overseas visitors. We'll talk about the effect on fares. Also on the travel beat, getting away can also mean a needed break from technology. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. WBBM Business, the Dow just up 38 points. NASDAQ up 39, and the S&P is up three. Oil is up a quarter of a percent. A few clouds in Chicagoland, some sunshine as well. A chance for a spotty rain shower here or there as the afternoon rolls along. Right now, 66 degrees. We'll get a few degrees warmer this afternoon. President Biden has aimed to distance himself from the policies of his predecessor during his first speech to the U.N. General Assembly. As CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Port 
Portnoy reports the president is asserting the U.S. is again engaged in global efforts to try to solve the world's problems. President Biden was keen to tell his counterparts. We're back at the table. He urged global support for the women and girls of Afghanistan, international action to stave off climate change, and a unified worldwide response to COVID. To fight this pandemic, we need a collective act of science. And political will. In an effort to shame the autocrats of the world, Mr. Biden said the future will belong to nations that embrace human dignity. Not trample it. But he said America does not seek a new Cold War with modern adversaries like China. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. Johnson & Johnson says a months-long trial shows a booster dose to its one-shot COVID vaccine provides an immune response comparable to the Moderna or Pfizer versions. CBS News medical contributor Dr. David Agus takes a closer look. A supplemental booster shot significantly increased immunity as well as protection from symptomatic and serious illness of COVID-19. The data at two months were impressive, but even more impressive were the data at six months. Johnson & Johnson getting set to present the update to regulators in the U.S. and Europe. It's 1232. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets positive, just barely, but certainly not falling like they were yesterday. The Dow up 29, NASDAQ up 38, and the S&P up just two points. Let's see what's going on. Jim Welsh is here, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios. You find him online at macrotides.com. Jim, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today, and especially as it connects with what happened yesterday? Well, obviously, yesterday was a pretty good drubbing. Uh, over recent months, uh, Cisco, people have been pretty much conditioned to buy every dip. So I think the rebound late yesterday, the early morning strength today, was really a reflection of people buying the dip uh, more than anything else. And uh, my expectation is that Powell's comments tomorrow will be viewed as dovish, and I think the market will likely extend the bounce over the next handful of days. The drubbing, I mean, is that something that you feel was due? We, we get uh, some analysts who say, yeah, stocks are pretty expensive. We might need a pullback here. Yeah, I mean, when the last time we spoke, I noted that the technical underpinnings of the market had really been weakening for weeks and weeks. And that kind of uh, deterioration normally precedes a correction. And I think the intensity of yesterday's decline implies that, yes, we are going to get a rebound uh, in the S&P, but I think there's likely to be another wave of selling that happens as we move into October. So my best guess is that the lows uh, that we saw yesterday on the S&P at 43.06 will be taken out down the road. And uh, going forward, I mean, I'm thinking the inflation issue, uh, a lot of people sort of passing that off. It's necessary as we come back and rebound. And yet that that has to be something that Wall Street is still concerned about. They have to be. Quite honestly, I mean, for months I've been noting that uh, inflation was not going to be transitory uh, and would hold at a much higher level than, you know, transitory would imply. If any of the listeners would like to see my or hear my analysis uh, and read it, uh, just send me an email, Jim Welsh, macro at Gmail, and I'll send them the September letter, which goes into great detail addressing the issue of uh, inflation. So I'm in the camp that I think inflation is going to remain much more stubborn um, than the Fed would like to see. And there are many reasons why and we don't have the time to cover them. 
Yeah, right. There's going to be a lot of them for sure. Uh, <laughs> so <are>. the the, <laughs> the advice. So many. If we if we had twelve hours of talk here, maybe we could begin to just scratch the surface. Uh, so the the advice to investors, given I mean a level things are always uncertain, but a lot of uncertainty yeah. now. Yeah, I think so. The debt ceiling is another issue that's going to come into play uh, in coming weeks. I think at the end of the day, after a lot of posturing, some drama. Uh, I think there will be an increase in the debt ceiling. I mean, you look at it just from a political reality, Cisco, when one party controls the House, Senate, and the White House, really tough to blame the other party for not passing the debt ceiling. So at the end of the day, I think that is what's going to happen. All right, good insight. That's Jim Welsh. He's a macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios, the website macrotides.com. Just ahead, a double dose of Travel Tuesday. The cost of airfare is expected to rise as the U.S. allows more visitors from overseas to enter the country. Is it time for you to buy tickets now? Also, the importance of taking a digital detox while on vacation. All of that still coming up. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by DiscoverPeoria.com. The White House is easing restrictions on travel from Europe and other countries starting in November. Let's discuss the impact. Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher at JoeSentMe.com. Uh, Joe, there have been some great fares to Europe. Are, are, are those going to last? Do we have to hurry up and grab those while we can? Well, we're coming into the off-season, Cisco, so... You will see lower fares now through pretty much March of next year. Uh, obviously, if you're thinking about Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, it might be a little different. Um, I don't know. You know, everybody's talking about a big uptick. Uh, Virgin Atlantic said that their bookings jumped by 90%. That must have been off a very low base just yesterday. I think you might look more accurately at what you just said, that oil has barely risen today. And that is as good an indication of anything. So I question whether there'll be a gigantic upswing, but certainly there'll be more travel than we've had in the last year or so. And so, uh, I mean, are there deals to particular places with COVID? It it seems a little weird because you're not exactly sure where you can go, where you can get in and what you're going to have to do in order to get there. Well, let's start with the simple thing is if you're vaccinated, you can go with more testing and other paperwork. If you're unvaccinated, really don't even try it because this is the cost you're going to pay to be unvaccinated. Every country is making it very difficult now for you to get in um, and a very difficult regimen. As for fares, it really does vary by destination. Um, As we come into the off season now, the places along the Mediterranean, Greece, Italy, Spain will be a little better. Um, Fares to England tend to be higher because, A, their taxes are higher, and B, we've just had so few travelers and so few flights. So what we'll have to watch in terms of what fares are is where the airlines begin adding flights. And normally they wouldn't in the winter, but they'll look at their early bookings and see whether new flights come on. And if they come on, there will be some fare sales because you can't just gear up and immediately sell tickets. Usually when the airlines add a route of flights, it's a year in advance. So this will be a risk for them. And when it comes to the prices, I mean, you're, you're seeing just, you know, some amazing deals, you know, uh, hundreds instead of more than a thousand for some of these European flights. Uh, how far often, if you if you want a deal, how far in advance do you have to buy? Um, because, you know, some people may not want to travel when it's cold. They may want to head to Europe in the spring. Well, 
absolutely, and the spring will be higher priced. I don't care what the price is today or what you can have for January, February. The prices will be higher in March as the weather gets warmer and the days get longer. That said, I'm the kind of guy who goes to Europe in winter because the theater and the arts are in full swing. There are fewer tourists. There is a great benefit of not going to a country when it's overloaded with tourists, that you go when the rest of the tourists don't go. It's better now to be a counterintuitive to traveler to popular places. Yeah, that's really, I mean, you get into the sites faster without waiting in lines, restaurants, I mean, pretty much everything is better, even if it's a time when maybe the weather isn't as great as other times of the year. Exactly. Listen, if you want to stroll on the Champs-Élysées, it's always a nice time to stroll on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. It's better in the spring and summer, but there'll be a ton of tourists on the Champs-Élysées, less so in January and February. Same for the best street in Madrid and the best street in Rome and, you know, whatever street you love in London. So it's worth checking that out. Now, as for fares, again, it's going to be a mad scramble, Cisco. I won't lie to anybody. I don't know the answer. And anyone who tells you they know the answer of what a fare will be now, say for Christmas, is literally making it up because the airlines themselves don't know. <laughs> yes, they, they're hoping that their prediction comes true and they can say they're genius, right? <laughs> but they have no uh, idea. Exactly. You know, but these are multi-million dollar investments with very expensive little go-karts that take you back and forth across the Atlantic. There's a lot of risk involved. That's great. Thanks. Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com. This time tomorrow, Personal Finance Wednesday. Still to come, a second dose of Travel Tuesday. How to take a digital detox when you're on the road. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Second dose of Travel Tuesday. Technology can sometimes be a barrier to relaxation when you're on vacation. Let's talk about truly getting away. Jennifer Jolly is here. Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of TechIsh.com. Jennifer, you did this recently. Talk about a digital detox. Yeah, I, you know, for someone who makes a living being on all the time, on my technology, uh, connected to everything, taking a two-week digital detox, that means really no cell service, no Wi-Fi, I confess I climbed a mountain once to to check in on social media, but to do that gave back so much of my focus, so much of my creativity, and it really helped me to focus on what matters most. So I highly, highly recommend it. And that's just coming from me, a tech expert, but also doctors, scientists, social scientists all say we are all burned out more than ever before. And you have to take that time away from technology just to give your brain a break. Yeah, I did this once on vacation. I've started doing it regularly now where I take social media apps off my phone. Uh, and, and that's for the duration of the vacation. And what I found is I, I have this habit of picking up my phone and yet, without the social media, there's really nothing for me to do on the phone, which speaks a lot, I think. I think that absolutely does. You know, there's a, a woman who started a, a reboot foundation, a nonprofit to sort of help people turn off their technology and reboot their brains. And, you know, she really points out that social media is currently designed for addiction. So you're willingly sharing kind of all of your data in exchange for a free service that is manipulating you to look on it a million times a day. So Cisco, I like to say, you know, you need a break, a a 
digital detox when you're starting to yell out loud at your social media. Right right there, you know it's time to just turn it off for a while. And so is it delete the app? Is it, uh, is it commit to, to just not going on to the app? I mean, what, what's a way to handle this? Most people have to delete it. If you set up time limits, you can cheat on that. You can turn those off way too easily. So the best thing to do, delete the app, live a little while without it if you can, or go on a vacation somewhere if you can. You know, I know that this is not everybody can do this, but if you can even for one day leave your phone behind. I know it's scary, but we all survived an awful long time without our cell phones in our hands all day. Leave your phone behind for a day. Leave it behind for a weekend. Or if you have a spare hundred bucks, and again, I know not everybody does, but get a dumb phone. Get a phone that only makes calls and maybe uh, lets you text and takes photos. There are a lot of them out there, and that's another way some people are are getting around being burned out. Thanks so much. Good insight. Jennifer Jolly is editor-in-chief of TechIsh.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.